0: Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Jeff Grammer with the Albuquerque Journal, and this is the Talking Grammar Podcast, episode 36 today. It's a conversation I had with special assistant to the head coach for Lobo Basketball, Dave Pilipovich. Dave's a guy I've had on this podcast in the past when he was the head coach at Air Force about a year ago now, actually, it was last January, and that was one of the, the most well-received podcasts I've done and got a lot of feedback from that one, had a lot of listens, and and uh, now that he's with the Lobos and in a very unique and very challenging time, uh, certainly a season he didn't know what he was signing up for, just like everybody else. He didn't realize this is what it was going to be like. So I enjoyed talking with Dave about about that. What's the season been like for a former head coach in the Mountain West? What's the season been like for a guy who is taking a on a, a very new role? And what is that role? What does he do? He's He explains some of that. He, he talks about while he was the head coach for so long in this league, there are things you see as a head coach from that first seat that, um, you know, you, you see in a certain way that you now see in a very different way, sitting in a different perspective. And and he's, he's soaking all that in. Obviously basketball is his life. he, he will continue being a coach, whether it's a head coach or an assistant coach or whatever. He's enjoying this season in that he is learning things he, he just hadn't been a part of or hadn't been seeing for a while from a different perspective. And and he really likes this group of kids. Like he he talks a lot about how much he enjoys these players and how because he's not the head coach and because he doesn't have young kids at home and and all that, he, he from the start has said, Look, if somebody feels like uh shooting baskets uh, you know, putting up some shots at three in the morning, call me, text me, whatever. I'll I'll be there. Let's let's figure this out. I'm I'm the guy for that kind of stuff. And the problem with that is there's no Rudy Davilo center most of this season for for these Lobo basketball players to go put up shots in anytime they wanted. They didn't have a gym until last week to uh to do such things, to go put up shots whenever they wanted to, to to work on free throws, as fans certainly know has been an issue at times this season for the team. Now that all changed a week ago, when the state of New Mexico did ease their restrictions on college sports, college sports are now allowed to at least practice in the state of New Mexico. Doesn't mean they can have games yet, but they can practice. So some of that stuff will will change and ease up a little bit. And Dave will now get his get his work in um, as as somebody who, if a player does want to go put up shots at any hour of the night, um, he said he would be the guy for that. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see how often he enjoys doing that. At, two or three in the morning. I don't think that actually happens that often at that time, but he is a guy that so far has tried to lend his perspective to, to team meetings and to Paul Weir as a special assistant to the head coach. He's a guy that's been through some of this stuff. And and um, while there's no, there, there's no blueprint for how to handle this season for anybody, he certainly is trying as best he can to lend perspective to what has been a very unique season, very challenging season, and we talk about a little bit about that and and as i you know f- full disclosure as i recorded this a week ago it was between the UNLV series and the San Jose State series when the team was staying in Saint George Utah he he told a told me a story um first of all we talk a little football and he's a big Pittsburgh Steelers fan so i gave him a hard time about that before quickly being reminded that as a 49er fan i may may not have much room to to talk much trash about football, but we, we joked about football a little bit. We talked a little bit about Tom Brady, and then he told me um, about one of the those unique things, the, the unique little parts of being on the road for the entire season that you wouldn't have thought of until you actually lived through it, and it was his wife um, who was staying at their home back in Colorado Springs, since uh, since they're not he's not in Albuquerque, he hasn't been in Albuquerque much this time. She's just is staying at their home that they still have in Colorado Springs much of the season. And she she called them up at one point and asked him what these charges for a dollar fifty here or two dollars there, what these charges were going to New Jersey on on their on their card, and and uh, he had to explain to her that that was the first hotel that they've been at so far this season that accepted debit cards for the washer and the dryer in the hotel and he was just doing laundry normally he had to go find quarters to do laundry all the time and he said he hadn't done that since college so those little things like that that people don't think about it's they're not at home they can't do their own laundry so they had to go find quarters much of this season to the coaches anyway to to go do their laundry every day and he was doing that and was happy to finally have a hotel where they took the debit card on the washing machine and and the dryer. And then his wife was wondering what these charges were. So Dave's a good guy. Dave tells little stories like that, that, you know, certainly in the grand scheme of things, a story like that maybe doesn't tell the whole picture of, of what the Lobos were going through this season, their struggles on the court, their struggles off of it. But it adds perspective to, to the reality of what they're doing. It's not just you know, living it up in a resort somewhere, um, at a hotel somewhere that's that has all these amenities. There there are little things that, that they're going through that are that are difficult. And he certainly does not have any um there's nothing lost on him as to what his players that are on this team are losing out on by living out of a hotel this whole year and just kinda of going through what everyone's going through with the pandemic. They're they're not walking up and down, you know, from class to class on a college campus, getting to know a bunch of other college kids. They They aren't having that at all. So he he feels for them. He's learning a lot. He adds perspective to it, and and I hope you enjoy this conversation with him on episode 36 of the Talking Grammar podcast. Before I get to that conversation, I do want to say keep following our coverage all season long for for Lobo men's basketball in the Albuquerque Journal print edition or online at abqjournal.com slash sports, and you can subscribe to the journal. Subscribing to local journalism is what keeps podcasts like this keeps our coverage in the print edition and online going. It keeps all of that going, and local journalism is as important now as it's ever been. So abqjournal.com slash subscribe is how you can help support local, locally owned business and local journalism in the state of New Mexico. I appreciate all the feedback you guys have been giving me on, on these podcasts. On social media, I'm at Jeff Grammer, and as many of you know by now, I'm very active on there. But you can also email me anytime at... And that's ggrammar at abqjournal.com. Or let my bosses know what you think of this podcast or my coverage. And you can just get Randy Harrison, our sports editor, or any of the other editors at the paper. Just let them know what you think of this podcast. And if you like it, please subscribe. Please rate it um, on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever you get this podcast, however you're listening. I appreciate you for doing so. But please subscribe. Please rate it. Get our numbers up. And hopefully we can keep them coming. So, much appreciated to you, now I hope you appreciate and enjoy this conversation I had recorded a week ago with special assistant to the head coach for the UNM Lobo men's basketball team, Dave Pilipovich. Dave, how's it going, man?
1: <laughs> it is great. It is good. It's a good day. It's uh, 62 degrees, a little bit of sunshine, and it's a pretty sight. I don't know if you ever driven from... Utah, St. George to Las Vegas. But you do go through Arizona about five or seven minutes, and the mountains are beautiful.
0: So I've I've made the – I've not made that part of the trip, but the, the drive obviously to Vegas. There, there's some spots on that northern Arizona spot in that northern Arizona area that, uh, that are pretty beautiful. I mean, Flagstaff and North can get pretty nice.
1: It is. It is pretty, very pretty.
0: You're a guy who uh, obviously spent a lot of time in this league and some pretty – pretty um locales and uh this this league has that but you you know st george utah to las vegas isn't part of the normal rotation
1: it is isn't. It isn't. and this morning uh, i was watching san jose state film and they're playing in a rec center in arizona how about that it was beautiful
0: what do I mean, you think right? about
1: that you can go to the game you can go to the games as a coach get a workout in maybe hit the juice bar and get and, and get something go to the game and they hit the sauna afterwards that's a heck of a day
0: I'm telling you, they, they got it all right there. And so I was also wondering if some of their games, and if you watched film, you tell me because I haven't seen. Um, is there, yep. Are there people running the, the little track around the, uh, the court? On the, like the <laughs> upper level, I noticed had a track around it. Are, are there people running during the games?
1: You know, I haven't seen that because the camera view is bent at an angle, so it's just on the court. But it's, yeah. it's funny because they, they have done a nice job of decorating it with some signage. But the signage is on four four levels of bleachers, like it's like the <laughs> middle school game, right? You know, and, uh, man. And that, oh just, that just
0: speaks to this whole year. I mean, just <laughs> find a way, right? Find a way to play.
1: Oh, find a way to play. It is, it is, it is something else for sure. You know that.
0: <laughs> I imagine watching uh, before I get into some basketball. Um, watching that film is probably a don't little. Don't start. don't
1: don't, don't start. <laughs> I know where you're going with this. Don't start. Eleven and zero, start the season eleven and zero, but I did think we were good enough at eleven and zero. There were some, there were some flaws there, you know. And then you get beat by a Washington team, you get beat by Cincinnati, and you lose to Cleveland back to back. There's nothing worse. And the worst part of it is you can't even it until you know nine months from now. So you got to live with that the whole offseason of a bad. And and again, you finish twelve and uh, what is it, twelve and five? It, it's not a good year.
0: Man, that is a Pittsburgh Steelers fan's answer right there. It didn't even let me get to the question. He knew it was coming.
1: No, no. And and we got our video coordinator, Rob Edwards, who does an unbelievable job as a video coordinator. He's a Kansas City Chiefs fan. And I'm going to beat the crap out of him here very soon because that's all I've heard. That's (laughs) all I've heard from him. But as I tell him, if if you walk the halls of the Pittsburgh Steelers football facility, you find six
0: trophies. How many trophies does and he
1: have? <laughs> well, you know, if you go back to the 40s, there's a few dusty ones there, but they've got one right last year. They got one last year.
0: Oh, I you know, know. I'm a 49er uh-huh. fan. I know uh-huh. they got one last year. Yep. Yep. I,
1: no, you know that, right? Yeah, you know
0: that. You know that. I yeah, have to
1: bring no, the 49ers. Who, who's the quarterback going forward? Who is the Who is their quarterback going forward, but who is your quarterback going
0: forward? Um, well, that's a good question. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is the best one they have <laughs> yep. on the roster right now, but I don't think their quarterback of next right. year is even on their roster.
1: I got you. Is it a drafty? Is it is it a free agent or a trade?
0: I, I have a feeling. I, I think Shanahan's probably enough of a. Well, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna trade or, or go free agent. Um, I to be honest, I don't I, want them I, to I, necessarily go like like Stafford or someone like that, I, I don't – I'm not feeling that. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't know. So right. I, I don't think their quarterback of the future is yeah. on their roster right now. I know that much.
1: Right. You know, Maybe. and I could be wrong because I don't know what – I don't know. But you know who would fit their style of play is the, is the kid from BYU.
0: Ooh, I like that a lot. They the were pretty good player. in the past with a kid from BYU <laughs> yep. and Steve Young too.
1: Yep, and he can throw it. Now he's not real big. I think he's six one at the most, but he is durable. He's taking some hits, but he can swing it and uh fit that offense how they play. And Garoppolo Garoppolo, however you pronounce it, he needs to thank his agent every day of the week to get oh. him that deal that he got. <laughs> right?
0: One of the best players in all of football is always the backup quarterback, right? So, for years, whoever yeah. Tom Brady's yeah. backup was, people just assumed, well, he can be pretty good and not start because he's behind Brady. Yeah. And so, so Jimmy yep. parlayed that into a pretty good deal because he had one good game. So, yeah.
1: And, and think about what did Matt Castle? Matt Castle did the same thing. He had the year that Brady went down with the ACL, and he goes what eleven and five, maybe something Castle. And he um, turns that to millions in Kansas City, and really never materialized.
0: Well, Br- Br- Jacoby Brissett for the for the um, Colts too was yeah. a, was a yep. basically a cut from the same cloth of I was I was Brady's backup. I must be pretty good. So. I know.
1: And then and then I, I know we're going to talk hoops here, but football. <laughs> so then, is it Brady or Belichick?
0: Well, I'm, I mean, as a 49ers fan, combination of both. I'm always yep. sensitive to the, the Brady's the, yep. the greatest of all time talk because I'm a Montana and Steve Young Bull fan, but um, clearly Tom Brady yep. I guess is is a decent quarterback.
1: <laughs> he is. Now the combination was lethal, right? I mean Absolutely. what they did is miraculous. But but there's a lot of good coaches and Belichick's probably the best in the NFL, Saban maybe in college ranks, but but if you don't have if you don't have a guy out there that can play make plays. He makes every coach look a little better,
0: right? Well, I'll, I'll say this about Brady. A, <laughs> a lot of people are comparing, like, this year. Well, look what happened when Brady left um, Tampa Bay. I mean, New Orleans. Geez, New England, and went to Tampa Bay. Yep. Um, and, and look at the two, so it must have all been Brady. Um, obviously, a lot of it was Brady, but I, I think Tom Brady also left at a good time. New England had some problems that, that weren't just yeah. Brady. So Yeah. It's no, they situation. had some
1: holes there, but it's a. It's amazing. Think about after week one and week two of the NFL. Cam Newton was the man again. NFL MVP back to those days. Valichek's a genius, and he knew what was wrong, and he got rid of Brady. Slow down. As Lee Corso said, not so so fast, my friend. Slow down a little bit. Let the season play out. And at the end of the year, probably Cam Newton's going to look for a team. The, The Patriots don't make the playoffs. Brady's playing for another chance to go to the Super Bowl. That's
0: amazing. Brady and Rodgers this weekend is going to be pretty fun to watch.
1: Some gunslingers, right? 32 degrees and Lambeau Field, a little bit of snow. How about that? You don't get any better than that.
0: Well, I'll, I'll just tell you the last one before I go on to some hoops. You want to talk about bitter yep. pro football fan. I have a hard time still enjoying how good Aaron Rodgers has become because the 49ers – yeah. Took a guy, it could have taken him in the draft. Instead, they went with Alex Smith, who I liked, by the way. I think Alex Smith's got a bum rap his yeah. entire career. But they could have taken Aaron yeah. Rodgers and they didn't. So, I know.
1: I know. I know. No, you're right. And He was a West Coast guy, played at, played at Cal. I mean, everything
0: right there, right? Everything. It, it lined up perfectly yeah. for him to do yeah. that, but here we are. So, all right, yeah. let's talk some hoops. Yeah. You're, uh, I hear you. You're okay. in year one with the Lobos. And, and your seat's yes. a little different than you're used to. What's, uh, what's, the, what's the season been like so far in a different seat?
1: You know, first and foremost, I'd say I, 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 have, I have most respect for the, for the players this year, players at every school that is playing college basketball, but in particular the, the players on the Lobo team. The, the things that we are asking them to do and what they are going through, it, it is different. It is challenging. You know, sitting with the freshmen the other day, um, you know, they haven't walked campus. Haven't yeah. ate a meal in the cafeteria. I got a chance to sit to a class. and Did you know that that was the fun part about school? You know, I'd enjoy, I didn't You know, I wasn't the first one in the class, but I enjoyed walking to class and getting a chance to hang out, meet some students and do all those things. And they haven't had a chance to do that. We, they haven't been in their locker room. And we have some beautiful facilities, as you know, pit the locker room the weight room the film room and haven't had a chance to see their jersey hung up with their nameplate in their locker room and just before practice and after practice and whether you can complain about the coach and the practice how hard it was everything but that's where the teams are made the bonds are formed and the memories are lasting they haven't had that and so i feel so bad that they haven't experienced that and they will in time hopefully god willing but uh so the respect i have for them it's been different for me the preparation, uh, the headaches, the sleepless nights, the upset stomachs, you know, they have not been as many. Uh, I get a chance to look at the big picture now and see why decisions are being made and get a chance to take notes from everyone on our staff, uh, Coach Weir mostly, but uh, the assistants as well. They've, they've been in the head coaching seat and, and just really take inventory of what I have and expand on it and built my notebook and it has been it has been rewarding for me to say the least.
0: You uh, I know you've told me you, you call it your view, I think the view from the view from the second row or what do, what do you call it?
1: Yeah, the second 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 row bench seat.
0: Yeah, the second seat. Yeah. I
1: love it. I love well, it. Maybe, yeah. I, maybe that'd be the title of my new because it this, this, this was gonna be
0: a chapter, but I think this season has turned into a whole new book. <laughs> That's probably yeah, it's probably a <laughs> good call. I've, I mean I've, I was gonna say you, you're talking about I, uh, what all, what I, all the kids, yeah. what all the kids are missing out on with with the facilities and the campus and all that. I mean, it goes for you guys too. Obviously, we have a little more empathy yeah. for yeah. what these kids are going through because they have a, a timeline on there. Um, you know, I know everyone gets another season out of this from the NCAA, but they're the ones going through the those year, those college years right now, with um, without experiencing yeah. all that stuff. I, I, I talked to Scott Padgett recently, and you know, his middle son, not Logan, who's on the team, but his middle son is a senior at La Cueva high school and hasn't been to La Cueva high school yet. And, you know, they just moved here over the summer. So how about that? he, he may end up graduating from a school that? if he hasn't been yeah. here.
1: And he never, never attended a class. That is amazing. You now I could, I could have done the uh, zoom classes and stay at home. I don't think I'd have been very good at it, but I could have done that because I could have taken a lot of classes. And I did take the classes from my dorm bed, but uh, not a good thing, but uh the the uh, the social part of it just growing those eighteen to twenty two years of your life on a college campus those are nothing you would trade in for those are those are truly fun times.
0: There's you're, you're talking to a guy who you're well aware of is is on Twitter way too much so you're also talking about these kids going through this at a time when all they have socially is probably to go look and see what people are saying yeah. about their games and about them and and that adds a whole nother level to. Yeah. You know, going through this in the 80s might have been different than going through this now because their social interaction, unfortunately, is, is a lot of social media.
1: No question. And, you know, my wife uh, calls me the other day, and she was just – she pays all the bills and does everything. She goes, I, I just have a question. She goes, what are all these charges because she thought my card got hacked. She goes, what are all these charges for $2, dollars a fifty to New Jersey, a company in New Jersey? And I said, Kelly, a dollar fifty for the wash and two dollars for the dryer. And I'm washing <laughs> clothes pretty much every night or every other night. She goes, Okay, I just checking.
0: <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's so pretty cool.
1: So our, our 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 like fifth hotel we were in this year finally took a debit card. So I'd have to go to the front desk and get change, get quarters. I thought I was in college again, and uh, it was it was an opportunity to use the debit card to do laundry. So uh, wow, and, and you can only eat so many so many lunch, breakfast, lunch, and dinners out of a cardboard box, you know. Uh, and you guys be nice are- to finally go back into a
0: restaurant. Well, you guys are taking them back through rooms and things like that. Like, yeah, all that stuff's going to be good. And, and like you said, the team building aspect of all that is, is something that you guys are missing. What are yeah. you guys doing? And what is your role, I guess, to kind of help, you know, build the team in, in a situation and a season where that that's difficult to do? What is, you know, what is Dave Pilipovich's role in that?
1: You know, I – I just you know want to give um, some outlook on some experiences I've had. You know, been at the Mount West 14 years and nine as a head coach. And just you know, if a situation arises, maybe here's here's what I experienced. Here's what I did. Here's why I didn't. Here's why I think it didn't succeed. Here's why maybe it, we did have a little bit of success with it. Why the decision was made. A little bit of input. I can help that way. But I love being around the guys and, and get an extra. If we can get an extra 10 or 15 minutes at the gym early or late, I'll go and. Maybe work some guys out and work on some different aspects of their game, uh, whatever it may be, and just getting a chance. And just you know, they—I always say they have enough. They have enough uh, voices now that are maybe chewing on them a little bit for when they don't do things right. So I'm going to be the one picking them up a little bit and uh, a little bit of positive reinforcement here. You know, here we go. Next play, next day, let's go. And I've enjoyed that because I think as a head coach, some of the times as you get further and further, the demands on your time you basically get out there right before practice, have to leave right afterwards, whether do a radio show, a TV thing, or, or meet with somebody or have a dinner or whatever it may be. And earlier before you're at a meeting or doing something or trying to sneak in some tape. Now I can get out there and don't have that. And I can get out there early and stay late, just work out and, uh, spend some time with the guys and get to know them. And that's, that's why you start in this business as I did 36 years ago. You know, you do it for the, for the relationships and the, and the, and the chance to maybe improve someone, whether it be on court or off the court. And, and I really have enjoyed that. We have some kids from some different backgrounds, some neat backgrounds, and it's fun to hear them talk. And uh, Like Val, Valdeir Manuel Angola. We had a player at Eastern Michigan in 19 – no, excuse me, 2000 to 2002, Ben Romano. He's from Angola. His name was Ben Romano, and I used to tease him. I said he was on the witness protection program, right? Sounded <laughs> uh, kind of like a kid from Ben Romano, a kid from the Bronx, right? But Ben <laughs> Romano, and now he is involved with the Angolian national team and, and X, as we call him, Valdir. He, he knows of him. So how about that? You know, 20-some years later, connecting through another player. And then Byron uh, uh, Matos, Dominican Republic, we recruited Kelly Horford at – um, Florida Atlantic, Kelly is back in the Dominican Republic and very involved with their national basketball program. Kelly's obviously uncle, uh, uh, Tito uh, played in the NBA and his, um, excuse me, his uncle now is playing in the NBA uh, and his uh, 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 relative Tito played back in the day, LSU and in the NBA. So it's a small world. The basketball is a small world, the
0: basketball circle. Bringing you all all together here and and that small world is sort of one of the reasons that you landed obviously at UNM but your uh your connections with this team um part of it was because of of how much you know this league obviously and and what you can bring in just i don't know if it's even so much from just a film scouting as a as a bigger picture scouting like what what is your role with with when it comes to the familiarity of the league and and then i want to pick your brain a little bit about what you think of the the league this year but i mean are you asked sometimes like Okay, now we're going yeah. to go play at Fresno where we're going to go play there. And, and do you offer up like what they, what, what to be expected and stuff?
1: Yeah, you know, maybe our travel uh, plans is, uh, you know, we have an opportunity to practice here and instead of going there to our practice facility because I've been there before and it's a little bit dark and they only have two baskets and it's on the other side of campus. And
0: so let, let's make sure we
1: get a better practice at wherever our home is prior to leaving because we can control that environment. Once you get on a plane, you can lose some luggage. The plane can be delayed. Your 5 o'clock practice time. You may not get there till 7. So let's control and do what we have and get it done early. So then once you get on that plane, pretty much your your, your planning is done, except for maybe a film and walk through that night to hotel so you can get that done. Maybe what hotel to stay at, uh, a little bit less traffic or closer to the arena. Obviously, um, the coaches who are still there, their style of play, how they guarded some actions, how they – prepped for teams and what their strengths and weaknesses were and maybe even late games, things they went. Because sometimes we're really creatures of habit. We don't change much, even though personnel changes year to year. You know, Leon Rice may do the same thing he did for Chandler Hutchinson. He's doing for Derek Alston. Uh, Steve Alford's doing the same things he did for uh, Tony Snell and, uh, and, uh, and uh, the, the two bigs he had with Kirk at Verstow that maybe he's doing with the two bigs he has now. So a lot of similarities and just adding that.
0: When you guys played Utah State a, a while back, now just a week or so ago, and they have Sean Barristow on their roster, do you have any thoughts of just how different those two players, A, look? And really their games are pretty different too, aren't they?
1: They are. They are. You know, and I had the utmost respect for Cam Bearsto. I always thought he was going to break one of our guys in half. <laughs> I mean, I think it was between his sophomore to junior year where he blew up. I mean, his he must have lived in the weight room. I mean, his body transformed into a big-time college basketball player, potential pro player, which he was. And so to see him, and he was a post player, basically 12 feet and in, and beat the crap out of you and rebounded, where uh, the younger Bear Stowe is more of a ball-handling guard at his size or off the ball, can shoot the three a little bit, Yeah, uh, has some strength in his lower body, not as much in his upper body but seems a great team player and really fits what they need there in, in, in uh,
0: the Aggies. You talked um, earlier, let me circle back to something you said about practicing with the players and getting on the court with them a little bit after games. The only game I've done in person so far was out in Lubbock, and it was uh, after the uh-huh. it was the two Nevada games. And I did see after Nevada game one, with within minutes, you know, quick talk in the locker room and – you guys take advantage of all your time on the court and gym availability. So you were back on the court with Barry Matos within just within minutes of the post game. Are, are you doing that a lot? Are you, you know, again, you guys don't have gym access all the time, so you take advantage of it when you get it. Right. So right. I saw you out on the court with him just yeah, after minutes.
1: And when I told the players and coaching staff knows, cause they have some other responsibilities they have to do and everything. No matter what, you know, and and basically when we were in Albuquerque for a while, you know, my wife was ready to come settle in and then we moved. So she stayed in the Springs, you know, just when she was coming down, we we made the decision to to relocate. So uh, I said, hey, I'm available 24 seven. I don't have any young children at home. My wife's not here. If somebody wants to work out three in the morning, I'm there. You know, just call. Uh, I'm at the uptown apartment. So I'm just a hop, skip and a jump away. So on the road, the same thing where coaches may have some other responsibilities doing knock on my door, text me, we'll meet in the lobby. We'll grab a Uber. We can get to a gym. Let's go. And so, and before practice, after practice, whatever they need, I enjoy that. I love, I love to work out. You know, I get my five miles in every morning, hopefully before everyone else. So then my workout's done. And then, uh, then I'm available. Let's get on the court and do whatever we can. And I've been able to break down some film with some guys. And we have plenty of guys on our team that have asked to, watch extra film, which is encouraging and neat to see, neat to hear. So we've shown some things and just some different perspective and, and not a chew-out session. But, okay, here's what you did. Why did you do it? What was your thought process doing that? Did you see your other options? And if you had to run this play over again, would you make the same decision? Why and why not? Just to get some thought. And it's been some great dialogue. And I think we've shown some improvement in some of those areas. And it's not because of me. It's because of them, the time they're putting in and the, the effort they're making.
0: I don't need you to get too specific on, you know, as, as specific as you want, I suppose. But, you know, a lot of Lobo fans, myself included in the media, like with no practices open and, and all that, the offseason, like we, we just don't know this team very well. W- what is this team like? I mean, under normal circumstances, I guess, what, what would this team be like? Is it a, a lighthearted bunch? Is it a serious down to business kind of bunch? What, how would you describe uh, the players on this team?
1: I, I think they're uh, really, really neat young men. I mean, they are. Uh, different cultures, different eating habits. Uh, you hear some different languages. Byron speaks so fast in his native language. And all I know is mañana, 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 tomorrow. You know? Uh, so I'm picking up a few words to talk with them. They are a lighthearted bunch. But then once they get on the floor, they're very serious. And they want to they improve. They want to they get better and they want to improve. And at times, which has been a little disappointing, they want to get some extra time in, and we haven't been able to provide that just because we don't have control of a facility. So, but that will come, that will come as the situation gets better. But they're, uh, they're a neat, neat bunch of players from different walks of life, different parts of the country. I know Javante a little bit because he was down the road from us in Colorado Springs. Yep. But you got uh, guys who've been from high school to us, been from a four year to us, been from a junior college, uh, so it's different, and I think my wife said this to me a couple of weeks ago. She goes, you know what's unfair? They haven't had a chance to play together or even just get to know each other, which yeah. is true, because we have kept them somewhat isolated uh, when they are when they were back home, and they're in their uh, apartments by, by their groups, and that's it. They get to the gym, but again, they haven't had that locker room time or that sit in the post-game meal or pre-game meal time and just hang out, and and we haven't had that. So, as you know, you play any type of sports. If you don't know your teammates, well, you don't know if he's going to cut left, cut right. But when you start developing those relationships on the court, you, you know where he's going to be and where he wants the ball and vice versa. And we're just getting to that right now. And hopefully that will continue to grow. But, but again, they, they are really a, a, a fun group to be around. I've enjoyed just my time with them. and I'm trying to get to know them as much as I can.
0: You know uh, anything you're learning right now from from this perspective that you're going to take with you down the road? When I, I'm guessing, you know, head coaching's still something you'd you'd like to do at some point. I, I'm maybe I'm wrong. But yeah. What What are you going to take from what you're seeing in yes. this different position?
1: You know, I'm seeing a lot of a lot of a thought that goes into semi maybe some final decisions. Maybe myself in the past, I was quick to buy. Uh, quick to sell and and quick to add or, or delete. You know our running joke in our family is you know I, I bought two houses in five minutes and one house I didn't even go inside to look at it. I just saw a hoop in the driveway and, and we bought it on the front front doorstep. And the guy said you want to come and see it. I said no, nah, I'm sure it's fine. It'll it'll meet our standards. And, and my and and our son, you can take you can take him out for a pair of socks and he'll look for four and a half hours and leave the store and did buy one. And, and and I'll buy a house in five minutes. So. So getting back, I you know, I think maybe take a little more time and think about that. I think I would be a little bit more uh, sensitive of everyone involved in the decision I made uh, and maybe have a little bit more open ear to the players. I think as we move and, and grow and, and they're smarter than, than they ever been and they've worked out a lot, but maybe getting a little bit more of an open ear to some of the things that uh, what they're telling me, maybe about their body. Uh, you know about maybe practice structure, and and again uh, have a little bit open dialogue with it before we implement what we want to do. So it's been great for me.
0: Very cool, Coach. I'm I'm going to let you uh, let you be going on your drive here. We'll we'll wrap it up with a couple rapid fire league questions because you you know this league well. How yeah. many teams are going to get into the NCAA tournament? And how many teams should get into the NCAA tournament? I will exclude for all of these I'll questions look. any Lobo answers. Okay
1: fine. That's great. I'll, uh, I'm going to say three.
0: I'm going to say we're going to get three teams in.
1: I think our net rating is very good. I think if there's no bad losses by, uh, you know, three teams maybe carrying the torch right now, that we will have three. And and because there's no Ivy League pick this year automatic, there's an open bid out there. If those three teams are high and you got a fourth team wins the tournament championship, who knows? Maybe like 2012-13, two, where it's five in, could be four. But I think three.
0: You, you've seen two of those three already in person. I know you're, you're familiar with the other ones as well, but Utah State and Boise State you've seen in person. Um, of those two teams, like where do those two teams rank with, I don't know, the past, say, five years of the Mountain West? Are, are they as good as the top teams have been in the past five years or so? I think
1: they are. Um, I think they are from an offensive standpoint. I'm not sure some of the really good San Diego State teams from a defensive standpoint, I mean, they were good. They were top three, four, three in the country. So I would say they were up there from an offensive standpoint and from a defensive standpoint, not there yet, but they're very explosive. And I think my, still my all-time favorite team, and I know this may be a little sore subject because I got upset my heart in the first round, was that 2013 New Mexico team. I thought when we left the Mountain West Conference tournament, they wanted that depending on seeding, and barring injury that they could be an Elite A team. Um, I just thought they had a lot of pieces. They had size and strength and were very well coached. But as you know, that's what makes the NC tournament so fun that it is. It's a one-game, it's a one-game tournament.
0: And they had three pros, three three NBA players on that roster. Um, and the other two guys happened to be Kendall Williams, yeah. who was only the Mountain West player of the year and Hugh Greenwood, a four-year starter who's yep. a pro-athlete of his own right now. So that's a pretty yes. good starting five on that team. Yes.
1: No, that was a really, really good team.
0: And, of course, as as you're well aware, you guys beat them. You, you handed Steve Alford his last uh, Mountain West regular season loss before his I'm, return to Nevada. I'm sorry,
1: you're right. i I'm sorry, you're breaking up on me a little bit. Can you say that again? <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs>
0: you you know well what game I'm talking about because that was one yeah. of the best games I've covered.
1: <laughs> I did. That was, was, you know, 30, 35 years, 30 years fun. I had, fun. I had the best game. the best game I've been involved with. For us to have an opportunity to beat a team, I think they ranked 12th at the time in the country at home and a sellout. That was, that was just a neat – we had a senior make a three-point shot that's just a great young man. and It was just fun. It was just fun. It was neat uh, 2.2 seconds, though, Kirk's inbound and the ball. He the snail right across half court, and Tony got a good look at it, hit the front of the rim. So, uh, But, if you know, the basketball gods were looking upon us that day.
0: Coach, I hope you have fun on your drive. I know the <laughs> season isn't what anybody really signed up for or expected, but uh, I hope you're enjoying it, and hopefully we can uh, catch up and I can pick your brain down the road a little bit more about this team.
1: We do, and I always enjoy uh, our talks and appreciate all you do. Keep your family safe and healthy.
0: Appreciate you, coach. Thank you. Safe travels. Well, there you go. There's my conversation with Dave Pilipovich, the special assistant to the head coach for UNM Lobo men's basketball. And as you can tell, he and I get along well. We've long before I ever you know, had any thought that he may be associated with the Lobo basketball team that I cover. Um, he and I became friends um, in this league and he's a guy that m- makes himself available and, and makes, makes people at ease around him and certainly has a a knack for, for making things um, a a little, putting things on a personal level and and personalizing their experiences in ways that sometimes we don't articulate very well in the media or coaches certainly don't do a good job of articulating sometimes what their teams are going through when they do press conferences and stuff like that. So Dave's good at that kind of stuff. I'm glad he's on the show. Um, Look forward to having him on the podcast again down the road he's a good guy and I know he's gonna be a head coach again someday somewhere um, but for now the Lobos are lucky enough to have him on their staff and I, I do think they benefit from from what he brings to the program uh, for you know, not even as an assistant coach technically he's a, a special assistant to the head coach you have a guy that coached in this league for I think it is about eight nine years as a head coach so he he brings a lot of information knowledge to this staff, and he's certainly a help to the Lobo basketball staff. It was fun talking to him about sports, too. He's a big, obviously, big Pittsburgh Steeler fan, and hopefully under more normal circumstances, a lot of Lobo fans around Albuquerque get to know Dave a little bit better. So if you enjoyed this, let me know. Uh, You can reach out on Twitter. You can reach out an email. You can also subscribe, however you're listening to this podcast, either on the Albuquerque Journal website. You can subscribe to the Journal, of course, or if you're getting this on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you get your, your podcast. If you're listening to us through that, please subscribe. Please rate this podcast. Please leave comments there. All those kind of things help with the metrics and that kind of stuff. So hope you enjoy, and please continue to follow our coverage, not just of Lobo men's basketball, but all Lobo sports and high school sports in the daily pages of the Albuquerque Journal and abqjournal.com sports. And next week, I, I'm not entirely sure yet who – the guest will be who our conversation will be with next week, but this is now a weekly podcast and I look forward to keep bringing you these every week. So if you have any suggestions or maybe what we can do is maybe a and a session too. If you guys have questions you want me to try and answer, I can try and do that in an upcoming podcast. So much appreciated for your time. And again, hope you enjoyed it. Until next time. Thanks for listening.